let me ask you a few questions that will bring you into the topic of today's episode. How was your childhood? Where did you grow up as a child? How has your childhood impacted who you are today? What are the primary lessons you carry with you today because of your upbringing? Today, we continue our conversation with our movement leader from China, Barnabas, as he shares with us the story of his childhood in China and how his upbringing impacted his life and his ministry. I'm Mark Tyler, president of 360 Serve. So good to have you with us. I hope it's becoming more and more clear to you that 360 Serve is all about a new way to do missions where we help you support indigenous church planners who are already living in their country. They know their culture and language. They're very effective in reaching their own country for Christ. I want to thank so many of you who are praying and supporting indigenous church planners all over the world. You're sending so many of these amazing Christians into full-time gospel ministry, and so many lives are being transformed by the power of the gospel, by the grace of God. Are you ready for a moving episode? Right now, Barnabas is going to share with us his story of growing up in China. We are back with Barnabas from China. Barnabas, how are you doing today? I'm doing very good. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> that's fantastic. I want to say hi for everybody. Yes, well, we all say hi to you as well. And we're so glad you're taking the time and to share with us about not only China, but now we get a turn into your life. And your story is so exciting. And uh, I can't wait for you to start sharing it. And it's going to take several sessions for us to get kind of through your story. But we're going to start with your childhood. And wow, what a story you have in the beginning. And can you just share with us a little bit about your childhood, how you grew up? Uh, talk to us about that. Ah, uh, Yes, of course. I start to have memory around the age of five or maybe four but uh, uh you know during those days the uh, life are very simple every day just repeat the same thing and i grew up in a small fishing village called taipo in hong kong if you look at the map of hong kong right now you can still find this uh city now uh taipo and so life is very simple. We wake up, we, we go to the toilet, we, we eat, uh, you know, as a kid, you just run around and there's no toys during those days in, in a small fishing village, you know. So, uh, there's no, not much excitement or not much events that I can think about because there's nothing exists, you know. If I, I go to, uh, see a movie when I'm five years old, maybe I will remember that. But there's nothing happened that way. Uh, so I grew up in a small fishing village. And when I start to have memory, I start to hear people told me that uh, uh, the, the mother I'm called, I call at that time is not my real mother. She adapted me. And when I'm five, actually a pastor, and his wife become my adoptive father and mother. Um, they are pastor of a small, very charismatic church started by Love Americans in the 50s. I was born in 1956. Uh, so during 
when I start to have memory is about 1961 and 1962. When I am five years old, my adaptive father is already 74 years old, and he's a pastor. My adaptive mother is 65 years old, so they're both at the retirement age. The reason they adapted me uh, later on, I find out the story later on means that when I'm around uh, 15 years old, I find my real father and mother. They pass away after uh, I found them. But I have a pretty big family, and I'm from a a fishing family. Uh, But we don't have a close relationship, although I visit them uh, when I find them. But they told me that I was born on a small fishing boat in South China Sea. So I am a Chinese. Uh, I could like I was born in China or Hong Kong, but I got my Hong Kong citizenship, of course. So this is kind of my background. And one year later, when I'm six years old, my adaptive father passed away because of a heart attack. I started to go out to work at the age of six. You know, it's hard to believe nowadays that. A young uh, a kid, six years old, can work. It's basically illegal. But during those days, you can find even jobs and your government doesn't care. And the reason I need to go out to work is I have to uh, make a living for myself and for my adaptive mother. She's 66 and uh, she walks very slowly. She doesn't really work. She's not educated. She can read the Bible a little bit as a pastor's wife. But she never go to a seminary. She cannot preach. Uh, she can need some Bible study, but uh, it's just like reading the Bible and say something. She will visit uh, families who are sick during those days. The church allow us to stay in the church. The church is about just about 500 square feet. It's a very small. Uh, during Sundays, there may be 30 or 40 people come, mostly women, because men are going out to to fishing or going out to work in the fishing village. I I started to distribute newspaper. I work work in the wet market, like uh, taking out the skin of the fish. I I peel off the the bad vegetables. I mean, any anything I can I can do to make a living. And of course, my adaptive mother take all the money and uh, he, I think there will be there's a psychological problem with her because she had never given birth to, to a child uh, when I was adapted I think she was around 61 years old she adapted kind of adapted me when I'm one year, one year old so she abused me every day everything I do uh, is wrong you know she will use a cane to beat me up and uh, so I hate women when I'm young because of my adaptive mother. Okay, I think I need to explain a little bit why I was being adapted. Uh, as I said, I was born in a small fishing boat. I am the, the fifth child of the family. My older brother died uh, when he was one because he was very sick. So when I was about one year old, I was very sick as well. So my grandfather and my parents, they both attend this small fishing village church in Hong Kong, in Taipo. Uh, so they pray to the Lord and said, Lord, if you save this kid, 
uh, I probably will give him to you so that he can serve you full time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he understand that the pastor of the church do not have any kids. So he is thinking maybe a good idea. Just give me to the pastor couple and they will take care of me and they will have a son uh, even at their age. Mm. And so, miraculously, I was healed. And so, my grandfather kept his promise and just take me and deliver me to the pastor couple at the church. And then they leave. And so, that's how I grew up in this church and with this family. So, after uh, my adopted father passed away, the church did not hire anyone because this is like a dead church. They do not give tidings and they do not want to give tidings to hire another pastor so that they have to give salary. So they try to save their own money. And so they allow my adaptive mother and me to stay at the 500 square feet church. And I'm the janitor of the church, clean everything up. And uh, they, I think they give a very small cash allowance to my adaptive mother during those days but it's not it's basically a lot enough for two people to survive that's why i had to go out to work i was abused not just by beating me up but i i'm the one who is doing all the cooking and i'm the one every morning uh 365 days a year starting at the age of six i forgot maybe until 15 years old, even when I go to high school in Kowloon. Every day in the morning, I go out to distribute newspaper at about uh, 4.30. I have to I have to stack all the newspaper and sell the newspaper and then uh, distribute newspaper to each apartment or house uh, during those days before I go to school at around 7.45 in the morning. So I wake up every day from... Uh, around 4.30 to 5 and uh, go out to work with mm, the newspaper business. Uh, I, I didn't make any money. My mother take all the money I, I made. Sometimes I only eat only one meal per day. Uh, not just that, for every day I have to work and then before I go to school, before 7.45, I have to go back home, get my bag, school bag. Uh, but I have to put water in a basin, a small basin, and put toothpaste on the toothbrush uh, with a cup with water. Uh, if it is, and put a taro in the basin. And if it's winter time, I have to, and during those days, there's no electric cooker or anything. I have to use paper or wood to get uh, hot water. So I have to make hot water, mix it with cold water, Makes it in the level that I believe my adaptive mother will will light and will not spang on me, and then wake her up before I go to school. So I think I'm like a slave every day, and come back home I have to cook, I have to wash dishes, and that's just like a domestic helper to her. Mm. And not just that, it's not not he, she uh, helped to 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 grow up. I mean, I make a living to feed her until she is 98 years old in 1998. She passed away in Hong Kong in 1998. Wow. And uh, so for, for many years, I hate women 
and I it's very hard for me to forgive her. But the good thing about the adaption, I think, is in God's plan, is that I can go to school. If I I am still staying with the fishing family, I will not be able to go to school. I have uh, a total of eight brothers and sisters. The highest education they have is primary four, mm. elementary four level. No one of them uh, get more education than me. So I be, after I become a Christian, when I'm 15, I praise the Lord for that because if I'm staying in that fishing family, I will have no education. So I believe God has a plan for every one of us. And I think Pastor Pastor, I always call what I say. God do have a plan for me, but I do not know the plan right now. <laughs> it's my favorite quote. but I have a lot of Barnabas quotes, but that's like up there. God has a plan. I just don't know what it is yet. And we've been in many situations where I've seen that. That's why we need to follow Jesus. Amen. Because we need to follow him so that we know his friend for me. So true. Wow, Barnabas. You know, I, I've heard your story several times, but and I know our listeners, this is their first time. And every time I hear it, though, there's something new I'm learning. Like I'd never thought about the school aspect that you just brought out, that that was a benefit that, yeah, had you remained uh, you know, on the boat, you never would have experienced. So as you look back on this period of your life, and we're going to, in the next episode, talk about your salvation, which is incredible, but uh, you know, at 15 that you talked about. But as you look back on this, you know, Barnabas, I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners that have had difficult things in the past, abuse, and, you know, just uh, of different types of, uh, you know, uh, difficulty. And what are some of the lessons that you've kind of learned uh, as you look back on it now? I mean, you've already mentioned some of those that got out a plan for the education, but, you know, and you've learned, you've learned now to forgive. Is that right? Was that a part of it? Yes. Mm-hmm. I always share uh, to learn how to forgive is a very hard a spiritual lesson I have learned in my life. You know, when when you face all these difficulties, you you become someone in your heart you hate them, and a lot of times we say we will we'll never forgive them. You know, it's very common. Even right now, sometimes oh, what he did to me, I will never forgive him or her. But I think the fruit of the spirit, one of the fruit of the spirit, is to forgive. And when we look at the life of Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, one of his words is to forgive because they do not know what they are doing. And so I think forgive is something I have learned. Uh, for many years after I become a Christian, when I'm 15, I think I have forgiven my adoptive mother. But uh, when I meet, him, meet her face to face, I mean, those bad feelings will come back and uh, uh, my work will be stronger and, and I know, oh, no, I have not been for, really forgiving her. So it takes me many, many years to really, by the power of the Spirit, uh, that I forgive her. I think uh, I also find out that if there's always someone in my heart that I cannot forgive. It really hurts me. 
physically and spiritually. You know, you have when I when I have to learn to follow Christ and uh, to leave every of my burden to Him. If someone in my heart blocks me up with the love of Jesus Christ, I need to relieve it. So I learn how to forgive. And I think the second lesson I have learned that people always ask me. Do you also hate your biological parents or family? No, I don't know why, but I never do. Even before I officially meet them, after the age of fifteen, I do not hate them. I know there must be a reason. I think this is also from my lot as well. As a human being, I don't have I have that kind of forgiveness that I can I can live on. But I think God helps me. I don't have any hard feeling. Uh, on that, on the other hand, after I become a Christian, I understand that all the difficulties is the trial that my Lord wants to train me so that I can be a better servant for Him. Uh, I think it's very true when I look at uh, the Bible. A lot of example we can follow, like Moses. I mean, he was leaving. In the Paris for forty years, and then he was in the wilderness for forty years. He became a true leader when he's eighty years old. If I I remember correct, he died when he's hundred and twenty years old. So forty, forty, forty. I didn't face that long trial. God has saved me when I'm fifteen years old, and uh, it's molding me. And also, another lesson I learned is sometimes, even after I become a Christian, when I'm a young Christian, I was thinking, uh, I pray, and and God doesn't seem to answer my prayer. But when I read <clears throat> the book of Jobs in the Bible, I mean, he lost everything, including his whole family except his wife, in just one day, and even he his his skin is full of uh, skin disease and is painful. Uh, but when I look at that, I think it seems like uh, our Lord is a silence. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't give a reason why, why do you face that. Uh, but I believe that if the Lord, our Lord or a teacher is giving the student an examination, the teacher cannot teach. He can only keep silence. He can only Give out the test paper, and the student has to work on the on the paper. The teacher cannot give any tips or cannot talk about anything because it is an examination. So I believe mm. a lot of my life I'm still learning. A lot of times it seems the Lord is not answering my prayer right away. It's because He's giving me a test. So when He gives me a test, He cannot say anything. And later on, I will find out. Oh, my Lord is really amazing. Uh, we all face this type of stuff uh, because a lot of Christians and even pastors in China will ask me, "Why do they? What were they were born in China? If they were born in the U.S., they have the freedom. You know, they can do anything they want. It seems they can make more money. But in China, they are facing persecution. I always explain to them, "Yeah, God has His plan. God always wants us to." Really trust him. He is always giving out tests to us, but he is always behind us. Mm. And that's the 
free spiritual lesson I learned, briefly speaking. Amen. Wow. A lot of uh, food for thought there. Thank you, Barnabas. Would you, Barnabas, just pray for, uh, you know, there may be a listener or two out there that just, you know, they are hearing this and it's bringing back a lot of memories in their own life and they're processing. I love how you just talked about it took many years for you to, you know, work this out. But for those that are in the midst of some, could you just close out our session, Barnabas, by praying for someone to just continue to process with the Lord, trusting him in the midst of maybe some pain that they're, you know, just reminded of as they're listening to your uh, segment here. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for every of our listeners. I believe in our life that we face different tests, examination from you. And we pray that you will show us your plan and give us comfort when we face uh, different difficulties. Uh, I pray for every one of us that if we have someone in our mind, in our heart that we don't like, sometimes our family members or maybe our friends, they may be persecuting us through different things. They may be borrowing our money and never return. They may be yelling at us every day and we hate them. Lord, take us, take out our hatred. Lord, help us to learn how to forgive because you forgive us. We are sinner and you forgive us. We, we are sinning every day. Even in our heart, we are thinking about some simple things. And uh, we pray that you will heal us, you will forgive us, and help us know and learn how to forgive others. Lord, we pray that uh, maybe some of us are physically uh, <clears throat> weak, and uh, we pray that you will heal us. The most important thing is only you can heal our hearts. Doctors can give us some medicine. We may stay in the hospital physically being treated, but you deal with our hearts. You help us to really learn how to trust you and rely on you. And we, will, we really trust you. You will give us joy and peace. Because when you leave this world, Jesus, you said you will leave the Holy Spirit and you will leave your peace with us. Give us peace in this unsettled world with the COVID-19 virus and the economic crisis. Many of us may have lost our job. We are worried about our future. We pray that you will be with us. You are our future mm-hmm. and you are in control. Let us 100% trust you and uh, you guide us your way. You, we may not know your plan, but we believe, we trust that you have a plan for every one of us. You guide us to follow you every day, like the Chinese pastors <clears throat> carry our course to follow you every day. May your blessing be with every one of us. Uh, you, you comfort us, you heal us, you bring your blessing to us. Uh, a lot of times we do not understand you because you are much greater than us. And um, we, we cannot imagine how big and how miracle you are but we trust you. You are the big God. Guide us and and help us to follow you. And we ask for your blessing to every one of our listeners here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Thanks, Barnabas, for your prayer and for your encouraging words. Our God is indeed a great God who redeems the past, yes, even our childhood. Even with all the challenges and difficulties Barnabas faced in his upbringing, God used all of it in Barnabas' life. Barnabas said, God used this so I could become a better servant for the Lord. God used this to teach me how to forgive. Is God giving you a test? Are you in the midst of a test right now? I like how Barnabas said, trust in the Lord. God is always behind you. You will find out later God's purpose for that test. Those are great words, words of wisdom from Barnabas that I pray will encourage you today. Here's your action step of the day. Pray for the young people of China. Millions of children, young people right now being, are being raised in China in all sorts of different households. The Bible says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Pray that God will raise up millions of Chinese young people to become God's servants, to learn how to forgive and how to reach China for Christ. Thanks for listening, and see you next time when Barnabas will share with us the story of how he came to know Jesus as his Savior and Lord, and how God called him to serve the house church movement in China. Until then, may the Lord bless you.